Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. It's letterpress season, the time of year when thick, creamy envelopes filled with invitations to weddings and other celebrations start to make expensive thuds on your welcome mat. Not just weddings either. There are graduations, polo matches, days at the tennis, brunches, country house operas, etc. to dress for. I'm Emily Cronin and this is Fashion Unzipped. With me in the studio are Lisa Armstrong. Hello. Bethan Holt. Hello. And making her first appearance on the podcast, Sasha Slater, our head of magazines. Welcome, Sasha. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be here. We're pleased to have you. So today we'll hold the first of what shall surely be many conversations about event dressing. But first, we have some fashion news, as we always do. The name on everyone's lips on the fashion desk this week is Virgil Abloh. The off-white designer, DJ, and Kanye West collaborator has just been named the new artistic director of menswear for Louis Vuitton. It's Avlo's first appointment to a major European fashion house and makes him one of very few black designers to lead a French fashion brand. Telling the New York Times that he was elated by the new job, Avlo added, To show younger generation that there is no one way anyone in this kind of position has to look is a fantastically modern spirit in which to start. Not that it's uncontroversial. I mean, what does this tell us about the fashion industry today, guys? I think it tells us that it's changed somewhat from the days of Hubert de Givenchy, who died, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. I I thought in a way it was sort of, it was poignant timing, you know, in the same month as the last great couture with his name over his own door. Because Virgil is not a trained fashion designer and he's considered more Many, many things. I mean, Louis Vuitton seems to be typical of houses today that... You know, they take one designer who comes in with a strong vision and they completely remake the house in that vision. Then they go after three years, Eddie at Saint Laurent. And then the next designer comes in and, ooh, they remake it completely. So this idea that a house should have some kind of consistency and overarching vision is completely outmoded. At a time when, if you put on a really good fashion exhibition showing the exquisiteness of a designer's couture craft, you know, like Dior did last year in Paris, Azadine Alaya will have done on his behalf in London in May at the Design Museum. I think these new designers are are the antithesis of that. They don't necessarily have the focus on craft. Their focus is on something that you could argue is more relevant. But don't you think that he's bringing the the street cred and he's bringing the huge amount of fans and he's coming to a place that has the culture and has the tradition and has the skills and that together that can 
be quite exciting. Actually, to be honest, I'm more excited to see what Ricardo Tisky, who's slightly come in for the same kind of criticism as Virgil has. I'm more excited to see what he does at Burberry. I'm not unexcited to see what Virgil does. How creative will it be? I think, yes, he's going to make it speak to a, a new generation. How's he going to make it talk to them? What language is he going to use? Well, menswear isn't always the most fascinating arena. The fact that we are discussing this, I think, points up his relevance to the industry. He is someone who's been hugely collaborative in the past couple of years. You know, he's had collaborations with everyone from Byredo to Nike to Nike. Ikea, Wasn't Jimmy a sandwich Choo, company that he was doing Wild and the Moon, Paris. which is like the Parisian super hip juice bar. He yeah, did a exactly. spirulina water and <laughs> and Fashion Week survival kit for them, which was sold out both of the times that I went into Wild and the Moon. To uh, buy it. You were trying to buy I it. I was not trying to buy it. I was actually <laughs> looking for their pomelo juice, which was sold out one of the two times. Very sad. Anyway, I mean, he's he's definitely he's bringing a new energy to fashion and I met Virgil backstage at the Fashion Awards. He was incredibly gracious. Uh, And actually, you can hear that interview on our first ever episode of Fashion Unzipped from early December 2017. It's called A Mega Girls' Night Out at the Fashion Awards. And he was very grateful for the honor and also very clear that that one of his goals was to make an impact on a European house. So is he going to move to Paris? Yes, he's moving to Paris, Paris, which I have to say I'm glad about because I think we you need to be at that house. You you can't design it from 3000 miles away. And Vuitton kind of tested this a bit last year with their collaboration with Supreme as well. well, That was the only thing, Bethan, that did make me wonder because I was looking back at an interview I did with uh, Michael Burke, the CEO of Vuitton uh, last summer. And Michael Burke said to me, he's he's very shrewd and he. He gives great quote. And he said, you know, it's not about looking back at what was successful five minutes ago. That doesn't mean it's going to be successful in five minutes time. You have to constantly be kind of one step ahead. And I did wonder, "Mm, is Virgil cut from the same cloth as that supreme collaboration but actually I've been looking at a lot of Virgil well there aren't that many Virgil collections to look at from Off-White they only started in 2013 but you know it isn't just trainers and t-shirts which is what his detractors say there are clothes there I was kind of looking at matches and net-a-porter and on there it's all the kind of 300 pound t-shirts the trainers the jeans and it's all great but you go onto Off-White's own website and it's there that you get the exquisitely beautiful the coat or the the suit I mean you could you, know. you could say that about a lot of big brands yeah. today you could even say Gucci if you if you put Gucci into some of those websites yes they've got the jackets and the mad pilot on dresses but actually the first thing that that comes up often is the trainers and the t-shirts you can argue that this is a regressive step in fashion really is that all it is now trainers but for some people that is all it is at the moment but I think that will change actually in a way the more trainers the merrier because the more comfortable it is and the happier everyone is wearing it yeah and it's cyclical as well what really we want fashion to do is kind of harness the comfort to the point about about supreme this is significant because it's more of a commitment than a one-off collaboration. And I do think it's it's hugely important and powerful at a time when we're discussing representation for a major European fashion house to make a different kind of hire for such a high-profile role and, and, and hugely encouraging. You know, something that we've discussed when we've talked about other designer moves is 
is a sense of deflation when it's just the same old names yes. mm-hmm. going around the houses. True. So this is someone getting a very high-profile chance, and uh, I, for one, really look forward to seeing what he can do. And also, Maybe for know, the first time the, ever. With, with these brands now, it's about creating um, moments, isn't it? It's all about yeah. a, a, a sort of a, a calendar of moments, and, and Virgil definitely knows how to do that. It's just very interesting contrast I think, with Nicolas Gesquier, who does the women's wear there, because he is so much about the craft mm. and clothes that often look as though they would be more comfortable in a museum. But then half of, or more than 80% of the dresses he sent down the runway in spring-summer last year were teamed with a pair of trainers. Yeah, so, and those trainers are everywhere at yeah. the moment. Like, every girl is wearing those kind of... Well, not every girl, obviously, yeah, but every girl who yeah. kind of anyone's looking at is wearing those kind of spacey trainers. What do you make of Virgil going to Vuitton? Tell us. Email us at unzipped.telegraph.co.uk. And of course, you can read Lisa's analysis of the news in the paper and at telegraph.co.uk slash fashion. Now, Lisa, you wrote your story about Virgil pretty much fresh off the plane from Seoul, South Korea. I know you were there. So don't hold it against me when you read it. <laughs> it doesn't show in the copy, I promise. But I, I know that you were there for Seoul Fashion Week. I'm fascinated to hear. What did you see? What did you get up to? What are your takeaways? The take-up for me from the shows was, was the little kiddies outside. I mean, some of them are tiny. They're three years old. And they are decked out in the latest... Balenciaga trainer or a copy of Balenciaga trainer and maybe a mini trench coat and they've been primped and preened by their momagers and the mums even turn up with um, kind of like those light deflectors I think I mean it's so they're all standing on the ramp down to the shows waiting for their sort of Cecil B. DeMille moment to be discovered by a scout which I think probably doesn't happen very often but there are Dozens of them, and then hundreds of people milling around. This is the sport in Seoul on a sunny day when the shows are on. It's the, the teenagers go there as well. They're all dressed up, and instead of going to the park, they go down that ramp with their looks. It's partly horrifying, quite a lot horrifying, I would say, as a sort of British puritanical type, but also fascinating. And 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 the kids are incredibly cute. It's like the fashion show outside the fashion show. I mean, what's a bigger event? Do you outside know what it made me realise? That those people who, you know, strut up and down outside the New York fashion shows or, or Paris, they are innocents compared with what's going on in Seoul. It's just... I have never seen sort of such naked, unashamed narcissism. Something to, to look quite, forward to. Quite a shrewd <laughs> business. <laughs> well, we always hear that, that Seoul is, you know, six months plus ahead of what's going on in Europe uh, in, in many regards, you know, with plastic surgery and social media trends and tech, beauty, of course. So, yes. uh, you know, who knows? I went Maybe to one store. Here. They've got incredible stores there, you know, the architecture, because the planning, you don't have to kind of fit in with any kind of grade two listing there. So they go for it with the stores there, like temples, as they are in Tokyo as well. But they're empty, all those stores. There was one store that was just, it was an entire beauty brand that only had three products. The star of which was a hand cream. I have to bring it into the office. It's a hand cream with a gold chain. So you can sort of hold the hand cream like a teeny little handbag. 
I mean, like every hand cream needs a gold chain, doesn't it? <sighs> Did you actually see anyone carrying me? one around? Yeah, she saw one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I mean, I thought three products in a five-floor store was really quite oh going. Oh, my God. Did you bring home a spare case of, of sheet masks or anything like that? I didn't really have time. I thought I was going to have a whole day to explore beauty, but actually it was so busy shows and, and, and meeting people in the fashion business. I met the, the guy who set up Gentle Monster. Do you know about Gentle Monster? It's a sunglasses range that's gone absolutely mental. And he he's a very smart guy. And LVMH just invested $60 million. It's going to be opening in London shortly oh, wow. and uh, and he kind of started that whole trend of teeny tiny little glasses that they're all doing now he also has a store in Gangnam that's five floors of just sunglasses that is staggering what else was on the runway that you think we might be hearing more about here well to be brutally frank what I did discover in Korea not, was not so much the future as what is huge now which is Balenciaga <laughs> I think I saw more reincarnations of Balenciaga than any Buddhist is ever going to see reincarnations of anything. Um, so well, the real Balenciaga? No, or no, no, no. It's in, designers it's, doing Balenciaga. Oh, okay, on the on the runway. Any specific yeah, pieces yeah. that showed up again and again? Um, a huge puffer coat. Yeah, they're very, very keen on the puffer coat, and just oversized coats in general, check jackets. And just the general styling, the layering, that was that was huge. It did make me think, actually, if you have big stocks in, in, in checks and, and trenches, you might want to offload them quite soon. <laughs> I think we could re- be re- reaching saturation point. Because our friends on our WhatsApp group are obsessed continually talking about which trenches trench to I know. buy next. I, I will show her 7,000 pictures of trenches because <laughs> I think we may, be, we may just be hitting trench fatigue. Peak trench. In other news, Cannes Film Festival director Thierry Fremaux has banned selfies and fan photographs, calling them ridiculous and grotesque. This comes just a few years after the festival banned flats on the red carpet, leading to a rebellion led by a barefoot Julia Roberts. So is Cannes the most dictatorial red carpet ever? Are selfies passé? What do we think? His point was, wasn't it, that they were too slow moving down the red carpet, so it just was this massive traffic jam of semi-famous people taking their photographs of themselves on I and on and on. I thought they loved that. Isn't that what La Croisette is all about? The kind of yeah. What is what is can yeah. what is the red carpet for? for other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I think he lives in a dream world. This man. I don't think he's going to stop a single person taking a single photograph of themselves with their cheek sucks in and from the right, you know, six foot up in the air also, angle. Also, just to sort of, I mean, you know, I'm I'm as disdainful of a selfie as the next person who then goes on to take a surreptitious selfie but when celebrities stop with the fans and take selfies I actually think ah I see the point of a selfie now you know that's a good that's a good use of a selfie no? it's the modern autograph isn't exactly. it you know you don't ask you don't have an autograph book anymore but a lot you more have fun because it's harder to selfie fake. with Nicole Kidman or whatever that you I mean this is a film festival that I think some could argue chooses its jurors based on who will look best on the red carpet. No. <laughs> I could call me craven, but it's not this pure moment for cinema where, you know, everyone should be wearing like hoods and, and cassocks and like rushing in to really like pay homage to the to the craft. 
no, this is this is a red carpet extravaganza. This so is where... how do we think that who's going to be the rebel and what what how will they rebel? Oh, I'm sure you know Kristen Stewart <laughs> Jen- will Jennifer be there Lawrence. with her head Jennifer shaved, <laughs> a Chanel T-shirt ripped at the midriff, and no shoes on. And well, Kate Blanchett is one of the big jurors this year. She's more glacial, maybe. Maybe but it that's was one the of point. the director. It was somebody who was in or the director of Carol, which was her film, where they were actually not let into the screening because their shoes weren't high enough um, and rhinestone enough. Yeah. So. Well, we will, of course, be bringing you all of the looks from the can red carpet, undoubtedly. It's, it's my favourite two weeks of the year, can I just say. I just love it. I love so, it. I just worry about it. It just keeps giving. And, and this year, they're actually starting the festival a day early. So May 8th, i.e. the day after the Met Gala. May, May is going to be glamour all the way. The social season is about to kick off in earnest, and we've all got to dress for it. The main story in our Wednesday fashion pages is called The Ten Rules of Event Dressing. Now, not wanting to be dictatorial, these rules are really more like guidelines or reminders. Things like don't rule out the high street or stick to flats or find a hat that works for you. So I want to put it to the table. What are your personal rules for getting it right? Bethan, I'm sure that you've got a few formulas up your sleeve. <laughs> well, do you know what? I, I actually don't really, but I, I definitely learned my lesson. So I went to Ascot last year. And I was kind of doing that whole kind of nonchalant, like, oh, I'll just throw something together a few days before, which I did. And it was fine. But you know what? You get there and you realise that such effort and planning has gone into what everyone is wearing. And I actually really found myself wishing that I'd taken a bit more joy in the planning of it because I sort of just sort of threw on a dress I already had and just got a straw hat that sort of worked with it. I don't know, but then I sort of kind of felt everyone had like kind of perfectly matched their hat to their. That's boring. I mean, I think you know, my one of my maxims is don't be too prepared. I'll I'll never forget uh, before my sister in law's wedding, I you know had two dresses, two full ensembles planned, and then went out for a walk two hours before the wedding and ended up spending fifty pounds on a dress that I loved, felt great in. And look great in all the pictures. So it, sometimes you just have to like leave a little room for serendipity and spontaneity. And it's so much more interesting than you know people who've had their assistants take pictures from every angle, isn't it? Well, it's that Beau Brummel thing, isn't it? You concentrate really hard while you're getting dressed, and then you forget about it entirely, which exactly. is the ideal thing. That's what you want. Yeah. I mean, for me, and I've I've got it wrong so many times. Surely and I think not. It, surely, surely, surely not. yes. And there's pictorial evidence please don't go onto the internet I have learned that you just can't go as somebody else so the thing about Ascot is it's hard, it's very hard for some people me included because it's just so not what I don't wear little neat skirt suits or dresses I don't wear I don't wear boho dresses either all those pretty things that work quite well there so it's then finding something that I do feel comfortable in, but also something that is ASCA or wedding guest worthy because you should show that you've made an effort, I think. I think my two things are, firstly, just to never, ever touch linen because it's the most hopeless (laughs) material God ever made. Um, And the other thing is anything that might possibly involve gravel or grass, you just can't have a heel of any kind. Block heel, heel, no spiky anything. And there's nothing less either comfortable or attractive than a high heel that's been worn for an entire day with a bare foot and your sort of foot sounds looking like a 
I don't know, radicchio lettuce by the end of it because it's also scrammed in and red and uncomfortable and sad. And uh, yeah, those and two the, things. And the other thing is, God, I really am sounding like, I don't know, somebody from Debrest, but you need to make sure that you're going to be warm enough. Don't just grab something as you're going out of the door. It's no good. You can have the most fabulous outfit in the world or dress. But if you then just grab a last minute covering because you think, oh, I won't actually need this, you are going to need it probably. And then it, it, it might yeah, sort of wreck the whole thing. Warm, and and actually, say. if you're going out and buying an outfit, then make sure that you do buy a complete outfit that the coat or the jacket or whatever works with the dress. Mm. It is so easy to underestimate the weather and then you get to a wedding and realize that the coat that you threw on isn't going to come off all night that is exactly so it better be a fabulous coat well i say um summer fur but you can have fake fur but i do think thanks for that concession that's okay (laughs) what's a summer fur a summer fur is anything or fake fur i'm loving this yeah you have to wear it because actually it is so blindingly cold the minute the sun goes but either behind a tree or behind the horizon, you are yeah, really, you cannot yes, that's be true, out of doors actually. Even with on bare a, arms. a very balmy how often do we ha- at nine o'clock in the, at night in this country are you bare armed and comfortable? The evening coat is um coming back into fashion. And uh, I've been seeing that on, on um you know, people wearing it with maybe some really great little kick flared trousers. It's a really good look. One of the challenges of event dressing, of course, is that it thrusts us all into shopping for an accessory that we don't really wear in daily lives at some point. I mean, hats. Is there more of a shopping nightmare than a hat? No. I have one hat that I wear the whole time, which is this amazing Chanel Hamburg hat that literally I've worn throughout the winter and I would happily wear throughout the summer too. It's slightly Jeremy Corbyn, but, you know, (laughs) other than that, it works as a treat. Um, But a summer hat is a difficult thing, I agree. summer wedding hat, I mean... Nightmare. I, I just, I, I've never, the what only about, hat that's. What suits. about a kind of a, a straw fedora? Mm. I, I, I can do that. I like the idea that. of a boater as well, actually. Do you? Yeah, I think quite that's nasty. quite like niche. The, sort of gender, but gender sort of <laughs> neutral hats yeah. rather than something excessively flowery and feathery is probably a lot easier to carry off, isn't it? Or is that just you and me? Lisa um, being quite. I actually, I wear in the, in the summer because I've got skin that just doesn't like the sun. I wear hats a lot. And when I'm not in the office, I probably am always in a hat. But it's always it's always um, a sort of fedora variation. So I think they're pretty good. But actually, what I would say to people is, unless it actually says you must wear a hat, if you don't feel comfortable in one, I'm not sure that I would... I would do it because also it's you know it's more money. Why don't you spend the money on something else in your outfit? I don't think you have to wear a hat. I think, quite frankly, you know, sunglasses. You know, fifty years ago, people didn't wear sunglasses as much as they do now, and sunglasses are great statements. So, I mean, not wearing them inside or not so that you're talking at everyone in your sunglasses, but I think sunglasses can, in a way, do that thing that a hat. Did, which was finish yeah. off the outfit. And the other thing that people have a lot of now is bejeweled hair yes. sort of yes. slides and Gorgeous. things. Which, I've got yeah. to say, I'm loving turbans. I wish I had the nerve to wear I love one. a turban too. No more blow dries ever again. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think on a, on a young woman or a really old woman, they're just fabulous. Mm. But Emily, because you have obviously kind of famously volumatic hair. So how do you cope with a hat thing? Not very well. I've only found one hat that works on me, and it was when I sat next to um, Priscilla Royer, the 
I think, creative director of Maison Michelle at a dinner, and I said, hats just don't work on me. And she said, I'll find you one, and she did. It's um, a brown and black felt fedora that, you know, is large enough that when I that when I put it on, it doesn't cause this, like, three stooges Mm-mm. effect of, of kind of... Um, the two side bits perpendicular in the back hair. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, I've, I've never quite managed a, a wedding hat or anything like that because it, it just squashes and doesn't sit right. But I bet your hair looks amazing with gorgeous things in it, though. I'm a fan of, a, of some fresh flowers mm-hmm. pinned in there. That's true. And fascinators, are they dead and will never come back again? Or oh, is there a terrible word also? It terrible sounds like word. a sex toy. But um, sounds like a ooh. good sex toy. <laughs> a fascinating one. Yeah, a sex toy with a mind. <laughs> I I think no one really wants to wants to think that they're wearing a fascinator, but a, a smaller hat is acceptable. Yeah, I think I think the definition of fascinator has slid around the place a bit because I was looking at the description given to us for one of the hats we've got running from the retailer and it called it a fascinator and it didn't look like a fascinator to me it looked like a, a shrunken hat a nice shrunken hat yes we only put nice designs in the paper well I feel we should consult like the Ascot rule book for, for dressing because they probably define this or, or Debrett's would well, define this well I know what it is as a matter of fact because some of us have had to study this um, it's four inch diameter anything smaller than four inches is unacceptable and probably falls into the fascinator category, the base I'm talking about. So they banned fascinators too at Ascot? Yeah, from the from the royal enclosure. I must say, I was invited <laughs> to Ascot this June and I just took one look at it and I just thought, I can't, I can't be bothered. <laughs> we are so fancy that we can't be bothered with Ascot. Just a reminder that we gather all the stories we discuss every week into a news article on the site. So please do visit us if you want to find out more about anything we've discussed, including rules, hats, etc. And email us. We're on unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. Please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It helps more people find Fashion Unzipped. And it's just nice. So it's time for us to go around the table and share something that we're all excited about this week. Bethan. Well, on the subject of events, I'm... um, doing my first bridesmaid duty of the year on Saturday and um, I've actually just spent my lunch break hunting for a thermal vest <laughs> in Marks and Spencer's <laughs> because it's um, it's up north and I'm wearing a sleeveless chiffon dress and it's going to be probably about five degrees so um, obviously I am I'm thrilled and very excited but I'm also because I really I think they call it nesh in the north Yes. When you feel the cold, and I am definitely Nash. So, um, did you find your vest? Yes, it, it's not thermal, but it's a vest. Because so uh, actually, Uniqlo, if they've still got them in stock, they have some quite spindly ones that are really, okay. really good. But did you say the dress was strapless? It's not strapless. It's got kind of two or three inch. Straps, okay, so, so last winter saved my life. I found um, really beautiful, you know, like that dirty pink color. That's lovely yeah that um and it just had tiny little spaghetti straps this, uh, this uniqlo okay. vest that kept my body very very warm it's very important apparently in japanese medicine to keep your tummy warm or ayurvedic medicine so you know yeah. so on, if you go onto amazon the other thing you can get is these wool things they're japanese and you can just wriggle into them and they just keep your entire stomach area warm 
all winter. They may actually be slowly cooking organs, but it feels very nice. <laughs> uh, but the point is you could be strapless, you could be topless, but still really, really cosy around your middle. Perfect. Which is very I'm ordering one for every day of the week. I, I recommend them highly. <laughs> I'm sure that you've also got a great evening coat now that you've um, taken note of, of our conversation. Absolutely, yes, of course. Very good. Sasha, what about you? Well, I've got the opposite. Well, actually not really opposite. I'm thinking about skiing, very late season skiing. And that's another kind of balancing act between being freezing, freezing cold and boiling hot. And with that, and this is slightly, I don't know, are you allowed children on Fashion Unzip? Of course. (laughs) Excellent. Um, Because they hate all-in-ones because you can't sort of regulate your temperature. And so there's a whole thing about how you get somebody not to be either boiling hot or freezing cold and therefore, you know, liable to pneumonia or endangering their hypothermia. I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult one and I cannot find anything half decent to buy. With so skiing as well, you're, you're hot, cold, hot, cold, aren't you? It's, mm-hmm. yeah. Get get yourself to the thermal mm-hmm. department. But you can't just have thermals. You need something on top. A little vest, a little T-shirt and a ski, a ski jacket that, jeans which I always really admire but I don't think that ever happens off. anymore it's just showing off I've seen it I've seen it now but so, so I always go skiing around this time of year as well because we're always at shows when it's a sensible time to go skiing although you know I am that sad woman on the slope with a little rucksack and my entire family says to me that is so sad and then they put things in my rucksack so I have extra layers and then you have all of their snacks yeah, and their water bottles back clanking oh, yeah. about. Yeah. And, and the lip balm. And oh, God, actually, skiing is such a kerfuffle, isn't I know. it? Extra workout, though, surely, with the weights, you know? Yeah. 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 And also carrying all their skis and all yeah. that. So while you're skiing, Sasha, I will be um, I'm in the office a bit next week, but I'm also home with the kids because nursery is closed. Why do they do that? I don't know. I hate it. I hate it. But um, luckily, there are lots of activities going on, so I think we'll be going to the zoo. And I am addicted to a new Netflix series, so I'll be Is it spending... better than Mrs. Maisel? No. Can't <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't say that it's better, but it's definitely frothier. It's, uh, it's called The Good Place. It's like a half-hour sitcom starring Kristen Bell and Ted Danson Ooh. and Jamila Jamil. Mm. Um, the Good Place being one of the places you can go in the afterlife. But is it really that good? So watch the show and see what you think. Ted Danson is hilarious. Lisa, what about you? So, I have been watching Babylonian Berlin. Have you seen this? No. no what is it? Okay. Well, it's set in about 1932, I want to say, but that's only because that was when the Picasso exhibition set. <laughs> it might be 1923. I'm slightly confused. But it's anyway, it's set. Weimar Republic, everything very debauched, everybody very broke, everything that you that you imagine about Germany. It's a German series, and it's wonderful hearing them speak German, actually. It just, you know, we're so used to seeing these Hollywood or British uh, films of that period. And it's, anyway, it's a series. I think it's on Sky Atlantic, and um, I absolutely love it. It's beautifully filmed. It looks like, you know, a really high-end movie. And it's got a very sort of cracking, complicated plot that I don't think I'm entirely following, but I don't care. It's got great clothes and good performances, um, and it's really absorbing. Oh, it sounds amazing. It's mm. 1929. I've just there, thank you, Sasha. 19- so I was sort of kind of halfway between. Yeah, you were, you were good. <laughs> That's all we have time for today. Thanks so much for listening. Check back next week for another episode of Fashion Unzipped.